Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello. So on this week's episode, I talk with Gavin from Proud T-Shirts out in Miami. And then I also talk with Amy from Threadbare. Um, She's up in Oregon. And we basically do a lot of shop talk and try to figure out how they could grow in the next year. So enjoy the chats. Okay. So my name is Amy Baker and I own Threadbare Print Shop in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, We're a small print shop we have, I have four employees, um, two manual presses, and we just bought a new conveyor dryer. So we're waiting on that in the next couple weeks, but we're pretty small, but we're trying to grow. Cool. What conveyor dryer did you end up with? So I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce it right, but it's called the Aeolus. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's BBC. Oh, it's a BBC product. Yeah, so I have a BBC one that's a forced air conveyor dryer. And I, when I bought that four years ago, I thought that I had made it as a commercial print shop. Like, that was it. But we outgrew it really fast. So this one, the new one will have a belt that's twice as wide, 36 inches. And I think the whole thing is eight feet long. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm on my third dryer now, and like they just get more obscene like every single time you buy a new one. Like so, our our rock tunnel is, I think it's like a four foot wide belt, but it's like a twenty foot long run. Oh so wow! We That's run huge. it really fast, so it not being very wide doesn't matter. And oh. Then, and then our hot rocket is like the heating panels are really squatty. But the belt's really wide. So that one we have to run slow. And I think the belt on that one's like five feet or something. It's super wide. So with the wider belt, does that mean you can put more presses around it? Yeah, like you can put more shirts on the belt, which is cool. But uh, specifically with the Hot Rocket, like I don't think you could actually do two autos on a Hot Rocket. Oh, okay. Um, We tried to do it for a while and like tough it out. And I would watch guys wait for their, like, spot on the belt. Yeah, that's what we're doing slow. right now. Yeah. The one we have, we just have our two manual presses next to it. And if we're doing hoodies, then only one hoodie at a time can go through. So we have to plan jobs accordingly. Like, well, right now we're doing a hoodie order so the other printer can reclaim screens. And we have to shuffle people around. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that at all. You want them, like, no. both cranking. Yeah, exactly. And so then I'm trying to figure out if we should save and like store the smaller, the forced air conveyor dryer. If you don't need the cash to like sell it, maybe just give both printers a dryer for now. Well, our shop won't fit the smaller one, so I wouldn't be able to use it. I'd have to store Uh, And yeah, I don't know. I mean, don't store it, it. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like, too. I think the cash would be nice, and who knows if in a couple years if we'll even want it again, so. Yeah, I mean, if if a couple years down the line, you could be getting a way, way bigger dryer. Yeah, that's what I think, too. This one's pretty small, and I have a few people interested in buying it, so I think we'll let it go. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So so what have you been up to lately? Are you uh, doing a lot of just local work like for local companies or who's your like niche market right now? Yeah, definitely local to Eugene. So we print for a lot of the 
smaller breweries here and schools. Um, we've done a lot of stuff with um, the feminist movement. So we've been printing for Planned Parenthood and some other causes and nonprofits like the Red Cross. Um, so that's been great. We've really, we mostly just print for companies in Eugene, but recently we got the opportunity to print for 10 Barrel, which is in Bend. So that's like three hours away from us over the mountains. And we had a friend of a friend connection there. So it's been great. I mean, they're just giving us their small jobs because they're obviously huge. Um, but because of that, we've been going over to Bend and then we've gotten two other businesses, um, another brewery and another restaurant. Just from, Yeah. So that's helping us to grow outside of Eugene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's your goal? Do you want to do like the whole auto game and, and be humongous? Or do you just want to like have a small team of five or six and, and just be stable? Like what's the end game? Well, yeah, my goal right now, and maybe you can tell me if this is even feasible, but um, I definitely do want to have an auto. Um, I want to build our sales up right now to the point where an auto makes sense and we can justify that kind of a purchase. And we're not there yet, I don't think, but I hope in the next year or two. What do you think you need like for gross sales to justify it? Uh, I don't know. Do you know a number? I mean, I just think the reason I think we're not ready yet is because most of our jobs are under 300 garments. Mm -hmm. And if I had an auto in here tomorrow, like all of our jobs will be done and I, by Tuesday and I still have to pay everybody. So I just don't think we quite have enough revenue or, and big enough jobs to justify one. Well, there's two answers to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one, one is... Do you have to pay everybody? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I mean, everybody, especially in small shops, everyone's like tight. So like, I understand yeah. that you want all your people on staff and stuff, yeah. but there is an aspect of like, uh, if, if you can up your efficiency so much that all your jobs are done by this Tuesday uh -huh. and you have three days of staff, like if you apply those people towards accomplishing something, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you being that open is going to lead to a lot more opportunities. I mean, you could even just like make them hit the phones or something if you wanted to. Actually, that's exactly what I was thinking about after coming back from the ThreadX conference is that um, one of the guys that works for me would probably be great at sales and he's been interested in it. And so you're right, like exactly that kind of thing. Like we're pretty slow right now in February. And so that's what we're going to work on next week is utilizing him and because we've never had a sales rep, you know, it's just me. It's mostly been word of mouth, but I feel like it's time for us to just like actively try to get some sales. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I feel like there are a few stages for me growing where it was like, I got off the, I got enough money to even survive. Then mm -hmm. I got off the press and then I got off like the day to day sales grind. Okay. And like each one of those steps even though when it was happening, it seemed like scary or weird. Yeah. Ended up just working better. <laughs> like I wasn't the best printer and I wasn't <laughs> the best salesperson and I wasn't the best customer service person. So like having people fill those holes makes you feel like less frazzled for one, but also it improves like the entire business's quality. 
That's so true. When I So this business is really seven years old, but the first five years of it, it was really just me doing everything. I mean, everything. And I don't know, gra- I didn't know graphic design. I self-taught screen printing, uh, running a business. I didn't know how to do that. But anyway, so I did all the printing, all the everything. And then when I finally got to the point where I hired somebody with some screen printing skills and that's Britt. She's our head press operator. Mm-hmm. I mean, our quality improved vastly and uh, I realized I'm not the best printer, but it was a really weird step back. Like now I don't print jobs anymore. I haven't for a long time and that's still strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's good. Like uh, I, I always kind of like associate it with, like you don't have somebody like Danny Harris who owns Bella on the uh, sewing floor. Like, right, exactly. He's That's not going to grow Bella because he gets out there and gets his hands dirty. So you can apply that to like every aspect of the business. Like whatever it is you're the most talented at, you should just turn that into your full-time job. So if you know you can make a ton of sales because you do marketing 40 days a week for Threadbare... Yeah then maybe you should be the marketing department and the other departments are their own task. I think that's that's true. And I like marketing. That is what I want to work on and get better at. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what the kind of the direction that we need to go in. So do you how do you market now? Like, what are you doing? Is it all word of mouth or do you have like advertisements? How do you do it? No, we haven't paid for any advertising Probably the biggest thing is Instagram, and I kind of use Facebook. I don't think I know how to utilize Facebook business very well, but it's mostly Instagram and word of mouth, and we give away a lot of Threadbare t-shirts. We have a lot of different artists that make t-shirts for us, and so I think just like giving people shirts that say Threadbare helps them remember our name. Yeah. Do you have any idea like what your budget was for giveaway shirts? Ooh, that's a good question. No, I don't crunch the numbers like that. No, you just like run off some random shirts. Yeah, so we often will have like, oh, we have these really nice discharge inks left. Grab 10 shirts and we'll print some Threadbare logos on them, you know, just to use up ink and leftover t-shirts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think that you're missing out not doing online advertising. Because, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I actually have bought Instagram ads. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Are you buying Instagram ads like all the time or did you just try them out once? What happens? Yeah, I've been trying them out. So I've actually used Facebook ads more um, than Instagram ads, uh, but I couldn't really decide if that was working or not because that almost seemed geared more towards like e-commerce. Like if you're selling a product online, which we're not, it's being business to business and I'm trying to reach other businesses. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. So I kind of stopped doing that. And then on our Instagram, I just, you know, if we have a new, I don't know, sometimes we get nice photos taken. And if I like one of them, I'll just spend 10 bucks. It's not very expensive to run an Instagram ad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's basically just boosting. If you oh, run right. them, I mean, you can boost the Instagram ad like that, but if you want to be more like, aggressive about the advertising you can Uh go into the demographics of your instagram ads and you can do it through the facebook ad manager so like instead of posting something to instagram and being like oh i I like myself and then you just boost it (laughs) 
then what you can decide to do is you can be like, okay, I'm going to turn this into an ad. You can go into your Facebook ad manager and okay. then tell it to advertise on Instagram. But you can have all the text built out. You can have a video or a photo uploaded. And then on top of it, you can go and get really, really like anal with your demographics. So if you want to go in and be like, no one can see this unless they make more than $100,000 a year. Oh, I gotcha. No one can <laughs> see this unless like they claim that they're the founder of a company. No one can see this unless they live within 50 miles of me. Stuff okay. like that. Um, and then you can find out, you're like, oh, crap, like, there's 15,000 people that make more than 100 grand a year and call themselves a founder, and they're all within 50 miles of me. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So that's how you can... those people over and over with your ad. Okay. And so that, you send those to both Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, I found that, like, the Facebook side, I don't know if, like, Facebook's having problems with people, like, caring or something. Mm-hmm. Because the engagement on Instagram is so much better for me. Okay, interesting. Like, I get more comments, more shares, more people like tagging their friends and saying like, oh, we should look into this guy. Oh, okay. But like on Facebook, it's just, I don't know, it's just dead. Like I'll put the exact same ad up and like there'll be like four likes on it, even though thousands of people viewed it. It's just a kind of a different audience, I guess. Yeah, I've struggled with Facebook too, so that makes sense. I think I would, so you're not just, so you're doing all of it from the ads manager in Facebook. Is yeah. that right? Because okay. Facebook owns Instagram. So, like, you have a lot more control in that ads manager than just, like, being on your app and saying, oh, okay. like, boost it for $10. I'll try that. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. Cole, what do you think of, like, for our plan for trying to get into an auto as soon as possible? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we only we have four people that work here. And so I know it takes a couple people to run an auto anyway. Um, my idea is to just keep our small unit um, this many employees for as long as we can, but just get a lot more efficient. So the first thing we need to do is buy a dip tank because we have been spending probably hours a day reclaiming screens mm-hmm. and then, um, move on to other more other things that can just make us more efficient, but not have to hire more people is kind of what I'm hoping for. And then staying it as a fairly small shop for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like if you do it right with the right equipment, you could run probably two autos with, uh, what, four, probably like five, six people could run two autos all day. Okay. So, like, you don't have to have a ton of staff to run the machines. Yeah, that's Normally, the staff comes, like, because of office people or fulfillment people or stuff that isn't actually the printing. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, like, even sales reps, for example. Yeah, like, how do you actually fill two autos without, like, a whole bunch of customers and a lot of customer service? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, I think your team could get a lot of use out of an auto because you're going to just have the ability to crank things, like, as fast as possible. Because now you're going to say, oh, it's a 150-piece order, so it needs to be done by 10 this morning. And they got in at 9. Oh, wow. (laughs) So what is the minimum that you would put on an auto as opposed to a manual? If I were you and not overly booked, then every single thing. And I just wouldn't even really run the manuals. Oh, wow. Okay. But the way I run it in my shop is we'll Uh be really booked. 
And so there's a manual printer doing all the small junk. Oh, I gotcha. So, like, sometimes the manual is even running 90 pieces or whatever. But we just, um, we just can't, like, stop running the job that has 6,000 units. Yeah, that makes sense. So you just do a small order in, like, an hour. Yeah, we just, like... Ten minutes for you. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you're on an auto, um... Setup will be whatever setup is based on, like, how good your guys are. And then the run would be, you should be running on average at five, six hundred an hour. But um, if you really need to, you can crank and do, like, 900 units an hour. Wow. Yeah. We did, um, right around the... Right around the, the new year, we did an order of a thousand t-shirts, one color front, one color back. Pretty easy, but it did take um, two employees three full days and then some to get it done. Whereas I'm sure if we had an auto, that's that could have taken three people <laughs> like two hours of working hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. Like definitely so it, on that it, order. It, it, it definitely gives you some massive opportunities and it allows you, if you're going to be kind of head of sales or whatever, the ability to walk into any meeting and be like, oh yeah, we got you. And they're like, can you handle 10,000 units? And you're like, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like that confidence is totally different because right now I'm sure you're like, well, we're a small shop. So, you know, I don't know if we can really, if we're the right fit. Right. Like you, your best clients, you actually have to say no to right now, which is really limiting Well, and I'm actually like in a spot where we're trying to grow. So I almost don't want to say no to anything. I mean, unless it's really big like that. But so that just means that we're working way too hard and I'm paying way too much because um, I'm competing against shops that do have an auto. So my prices have to be somewhat comparable. But then it takes us like six times. Your labor's way too high. It is. I would agree. (laughs) I cut paychecks today. I would agree. My (laughs) my suggestion is fire everyone. (laughs) Can't wait till they hear this. You fire everyone and you just start outsourcing. You'll just be a middleman. That's the end of it. That's that's the dream. That's all anyone ever wanted. Work in my pajamas from my couch. Sounds easy. Yeah, you could be one of those people that Instagrams about how they're at the beach right now. (laughs) Running a business. Oh, someday. Oh, the dreams. Yeah, Yeah. no. I mean, I I don't think you need to get rid of any of your people, but you guys could be way more efficient with an auto. Who would you want to go after? Do you want to go after like bands, or you want to go after like restaurants? Um, we I definitely like working um on the most creative side as possible. So I don't want to go after the university or any commercial or contract work, um, or the licensing work, you know, or the schools, stuff like that, because we're an all water-based print shop. So I don't think those are the best jobs for us. Um, so there's some, we print for Oakshire Brewing and Planktown Brewing. Um, there's some bigger ones in Oregon. Ninkazi is like three blocks away from my shop and I'd love to go talk to them, but of course they're pretty huge and, um, I'm sure there's other ones around. So maybe make Threadbare like, a shop just for breweries. I mean, you could turn your entire marketing into that. Maybe you could start offering like growlers too. Oh yeah. I mean, you could be like the print supply house for breweries and just make that your marketing. I mean, you don't have to say no to other jobs, but right. But you just market yourself that way. 
three or four of those breweries could like swamp you with work. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, we have wanted to try to get in with um, the music industry a little bit more. Um, we do live printing and it would be really cool to go to some music festivals or print for some bands. But I honestly just we don't have connections and I don't know how to start with something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, the music industry might be a little difficult because of your location. Oh, right. Like, just because I don't know how often you would be able to, like, meet in person. But the, yeah. the breweries seem like a pretty obvious target. Yeah, it's pretty brewery mecca here in this town. Yeah, and it, you could do... How far are you from, like, Portland? Two hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should just do ads... And just be like the print shop for breweries. That could be the entire marketing move. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because that is our biggest clients. Like it's working for us. And I've learned in business to definitely build on what's working rather than always trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I mean, you can tell them all the same stories you're telling everyone else about printing. Like we're water-based and we offer shirts that have organic cotton. And like you can be like the high-end premium solution. Yeah. But especially if you just do like a full package option for them and you're like bagging, tagging, um, offering like extra products like growlers, okay. you just switch all their merch and and just use you. I mean, you could end up with like huge accounts. Yeah, we would need another person. I mean, so right now when people want things like stickers or growlers or something to be honest i just send them to a different website instead of like being the one point person that they can use and then i can you know order from other places but i just don't really have the bandwidth to kind of do all that i guess do you do you recommend like just trying to be the one place for all their merch so that they can just have one place to work with well i mean like I don't, like, just say yes to everything either. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can partner with somebody for things that you know are going to be a big mover. So if you're going to do breweries and you know you're going to do growlers, but you don't want to figure out how to print on them. Yeah. um, I would find one person who you can outsource to really casually. Someone where, like, you know their name, you know their email, and you just forward them the information and they know that you're going to pay... Um, like when you pick up or 30 days later or whatever, that way you can like not turn it down. Okay. You don't have to offer everything, but if it's something most of your clients would buy from you, it's crazy to just not take the money. I mean, all you have to do is basically forward an email and write an invoice. Well, that's yeah. A good, a really good example of that is hats. And so we don't do any embroidery. Um, we do kind of screen print minimally on trucker hats. I mean, we have some ability, but it's, it's pretty limited. And so there's a really great hat company here in town. It's called capture. Um, it's a division of Richardson, but, or it's associated with Richardson maybe, but anyway, they just do such a great job. And so I always just tell people like, if you want hats, go to these guys, but I've emailed with the company, you know, and they're willing to like, 
give me a little bit of a discount if I bring if I do the work and bring it to them. Oh yeah, of course. So, yeah, and so that might be something. I mean, basically, I should... you could just middleman it. So you could, yeah. you could send them a purchase order, send them all the art and the details, handle the entire front end. Don't have the customer ever know that, that you're even using them. Yeah, and then from your distributor, ship for free to them. So then you get a markup on your blank hat too. And then they're going to charge you like 250 for embroidery. Just and that's the only thing they're charging you. Yeah. So you have a markup on the hat, a small markup on the embroidery, and you sell a product finished for like $11, $12. Um and your customer just thinks you make awesome hats. Yeah. I that's such a great idea. I feel like I've been it's felt daunting because I would be giving up some kind of control over the you know, if the embroiderer makes a mistake, then who has to eat that cost? And it just seems like involving a third party could be complicated, but I could see how it could also be really beneficial. Oh, I mean, you could make so much more revenue and not have any more overhead. Yeah. So like if you can move a thousand hats because you get lucky, then you can pull in all that extra revenue. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, if you just refer them, then you haven't done anything for the business. All you've done is been a nice person. I know. And it's also <laughs> it's also more complicated for customers. Like I'm so used to sending artwork around and like, you know, ordering wholesale, but not all of my customers are, so it would be so much easier for them if I just did it for them and charged a little bit. Yeah, and the embroidery shop would love it. Um, because you'd be their best customer. Like yeah. if you sent them, I don't know, like six jobs a month, they'd be like, the art's always identical. The art's always ready. And there's like no approval process. Oh yeah. That's a good I mean, point. they would just be, they'd be thrilled to have you as a client. Cause I'm sure they're pulling their hair out with people asking dumb questions and they don't understand embroidery. So yeah. you, could, you could like cut that off during your sales pitches. Um, I think you should just call on Monday the local embroidery shop and just set up a meeting and find out like a price sheet and find out what they do about replacing like damaged goods. Mm, okay. Some people will have like a level of damage that's acceptable. So they'll say like, uh, you know, expect two or 3% waste. Okay. And so you could just send them a few extra hats in case they screw up. Um, but nobody's going to just completely screw you over if they ruin the whole job. Yeah, that's true. I just need to find somebody that I could start that kind of relationship with. Yeah. I mean, that could that could be a lot of extra money this year. Yeah, I think I might do that. I've wanted to before and I just it's just, it's just about finding the time and right now we have time cuz we're kind of slow this week. Yeah, it's kind of the slow season. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks Cole. I can't wait to listen to it. It's going to be a masterpiece. They all are. Every single one of them. So, yeah, my name is Gavin, owner of Proud T-Shirts, one half of Proud T-Shirts. So, uh, companies owned by myself and my wife. Started the company about a year and a half ago. The time my wife was pregnant and she wanted to do something cool for our son that was coming. It led to this, you know, just after we visit some customers, we saw that uh, we could make a living doing this. So, uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's amazing how many people I know start businesses because of the kid or because of, uh, 
There's something about that baby that just kind of jump starts your brain. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, man. So what is Proud's T-shirts today? How many uh, manuals do you have? How many people are working there? So Proud T-shirts right now, we got two manuals, uh, both from uh, Riley Hopkins, uh, Ryanette. So we got a 6-4, and we also have a 4-2, which is more like the mobile. Uh, so it's like the junior. So we've taken that around. We've taken that around to one show where we've done live printing. We got one employee. So it's really the three of us right now. And if it gets too crazy, we could bring in uh, somebody else. So what are you thinking about your plans for growth for 2018? We uh, put a lot on the plate for 2018. Um, as far as like, we definitely want to focus big time on the business. We've learned a lot since we've been in the business. You know, that, that first year was like filling, it, filling things out and just getting our, uh, our processes in place. We made a bunch of mistakes, uh, but right now our confidence is growing. Um, people are starting to uh, trust us. Some big brands are starting to trust us. That feels good, but our plan is to grow this year, uh, just to make it a more sustainable business. Yeah. So let's get into some of the details. Um, one thing I noticed on your website, because I looked up the website and I did like a Google scan, it yeah. seems like you guys haven't really keyworded it much at all. So the search engine optimization on the website basically is non-existent on the front page. So like God. if you search t-shirt printing Miami, Florida, which is what yep. most people are going to be doing right now, you're on uh, the third page. So there's some stuff we can do to improve even just that. Uh, putting together a website is not <laughs> what I'm strong and right. Yeah. Even though I even though I do have a technology background, but you know, starting a business, you get pulled pull in so many different places. You only got so much uh, time to like focus on everything. Yeah, well, there's definitely some easy stuff you could add in, though. I mean, one of the main things I'm seeing on the front page is yeah. that you don't have like header text um, and you don't have like lead text. So you have this um, basically slideshow that you've built in, and it looks sure. nice. But what you did when you made this slideshow is you made your text images instead of actual typed words, basically. Gotcha. So what you need to add, either probably above or below it, is something that's going to say um, premium screen printing and embroidery for Miami, Florida. Uh, we offer the best screen printing at the highest standards. Um, and we can turn around your jobs in seven days, stuff like that. Those kind of keywords are going to pop up in Google way better than just like the tags that you have in here. Cause gotcha. you, what Google's scanning for is a bunch of text. So if you have like one of the best things you can do is instead of having a lot of links to different parts of your website, put a ton of information on one page and just have people scroll or have the links just bounce down to a different section of the page. So you yeah. could take like your about us section or your FAQ and instead of linking out to another page that'll get almost no traffic, you can put chunks of that 
in the front page and because it's there where you get probably your most traffic uh google will see that there's more keywords getting hit up man that's awesome advice definitely gotta <laughs> take some of those and uh revamp the site um yeah, man. Thank yeah, you. I mean, I think that it looks great. It's just a matter of moving some text around. It's just because of the way Google's algorithms work. Yeah. So what's your, your like, advertising plan? Are you advertising right now? Uh, Sure, yeah, definitely. I mean, we do a lot of, uh, we kind of, we try to balance it out. So we do, we grow in our social media present. That's one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mainly Instagram. We do some work on Facebook, uh, so but we try to put a uh, heavy uh, focus on Instagram uh, as of late. Um, also, we have an in-person type of advertising, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so we could narrow down our efforts. So we go, I, I'll say about two times a week, try to find different events that's around town. Oh, go okay. there, be in person, you know, just talk to people and introduce the company and and that's it just plant the seed in people's mind and that's uh, cool so you're doing a lot of in-person marketing like at at what like um like off like farmers markets or at like different events one of the things that we use is eventbrite so we just go to eventbrite and see what's happening and we're in a big city so it's always something going on right we also you know just use our network a lot of the people that's on our network are also entrepreneurs so they always got something going on cool so are you getting booths or are you just walking around and meeting people yeah <laughs> you're pretty much just like hanging out at places well the, well it, it has to make sense you know it's, uh, like in the beginning we was doing that really really heavy like without too much of a strategy mm-hmm. but lately we've been you know, it has to be, say, like a small business or a business uh, or where entrepreneurs would hang out right at. Yeah, that's smart. You definitely want to target the right type of audience, not just random people. Yeah, in the beginning, you know, we, we was just filling it out. And, you know, and those things are time consuming because uh, it would be after a long day of just being at the shop and some of these things are at night. And you don't want to waste like two three hours just on things that's not gonna really bring in any results yeah so uh, yeah so are you doing are you then doing uh social media around the event kind of at the same time because one of the things we do is if we do like a live printing event or if we do you know if i go to iss or whatever um we'll blatantly have posts that we kind of like pre-planned, but we might shoot the picture when we're at the event so yeah. that when people are looking up the hashtags or when they're looking at their friends joking around at the event on Instagram, you're popping up in the same feed um, yeah. and you're blatantly saying what you're offering. We've tried that. We've had a couple of events recently that we've done that and it actually worked out pretty well. We did a, uh, some shirts for a local a uh, Christian singer, and she has a big following. Oh, cool. That, that uh, we tag her, her tagline that's on Instagram, and it, you know, a couple of people noticed us that way. So what's your goal for, for the shop? Are you looking to get, like, an auto, or do you want to 
just staff up a few more people and have it just be a small manual shop? What's the vision? I don't think that I want to be one of these huge shops that has a bunch of automatics and uh, and just like cranking out a whole bunch of shirts. I don't know, man. Business-wise, it probably is the best thing to do, but like in my heart, I don't think that's what I want to do. I don't know I if I it's the have... best. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do. I mean, yeah. some of those guys, it, it comes down to like making your your monthly nut, right? So like if... If I do, let's say Shirt Agency does $50,000 next month, right? Yeah. For me, $50,000 can be a disaster because Shirt Agency has so much overhead and so many people on payroll that after you take the cost of the blank garment and you pay off your bills, you can actually lose money on 50 grand. But for you, if you land 50 grand in sales... You'll be completely flooded and there's no way you'll even get the work done because you're on manuals. Sure. So I feel like a really good workaround for that is to talk big, do big sales, never say no to the big guys, but um, team up with one of those bigger shops you're talking about. So yeah. once you have a business relationship with one of those bigger shops or any of the shops you know, you know a ton of screen printers, yeah. um, then you can just take the big order, land a 2,000 unit job, have it pay a nice big paycheck, but you don't actually have to print it. You can just kind of manage it, kind of babysit it. So, uh, hey Cole, man, I've been checking out your uh, uh, Instagram. I've seen you've done some live printing. Uh, can you talk about that and what some of the things you've done to make those things work out? Yeah, the live printing's been cool because it's, um, it's kind of like we're paid to market ourselves. It's kind of crazy. So we are going out of our way to look for businesses that are large. So we have a minimum on our order. And then we pretty much just do event printing. So the t-shirts are normally being given away. So like this weekend, we're going to be doing a shoe launch. And um, the shoe launch is going to be on Melrose and so we're gonna have all these people who are getting free shirts from the shoe company but also they're seeing us as the printer so it's an awesome cross promotion for us because we're getting paid to do the job but we're gonna end up getting more jobs just because of the exposure are you doing yeah. live printing right now so we tried it we tried uh, one event uh, it went pretty well uh, it was it was our first one so we wanted to test the market Mm-hmm. And see what people's reaction to it was. It was pretty funny because we're at this uh, place and we printing. And, you know, it's kind of slow. It was a, it was a little concert, but it's not not big time like local artists, right? Mm-hmm. So we printing, and I got my head down, and I look up, and I see a crowd of people just looking at me, just printing. I'm like, uh. <laughs> you should what? definitely check out the website. Um for family industries in Los Angeles because, or check out their Instagram, their live printing is on point. Like they'll print for huge companies. Um, and they'll normally do it like at trade shows and stuff. So the companies will call them and send them to a trade show and just say, you know, you're allowed to print a thousand shirts over the course of the weekend. And they just get paid the whole bill. So it's yeah. it's way better for you as a business. You don't have to hope people buy them. 
Instead, yeah. you're just doing like promotional work. What else are you struggling with? Are there things that are holding you up right now? Uh, balancing everything, you know what I mean? That's, uh, but on the print side, uh, we definitely want to get into more like simulated process printing and just showcase that. Because we feel like we can do it. Well, I feel like I could do it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've had a couple of folks that approach us about doing some projects for them. Um, uh, one fell through and the other one didn't. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say our confidence is where it needs to be right now because we need, just need more practice on it. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we took some jobs. When, when I was running everything manual, I basically ran stuff manual and then would outsource stuff. Um, when I would get in over my head, but there were a few jobs where we would get really hard art, but the quantities were small Yeah, and on a manual from my experience running like a six color with a lot of detail um, Is difficult not because you can't get it right you can get it right But you have to get it right and the same on every shirt That's true. so uh, squeegee angle pressure even just you being tired or a little lazy, yep. when you have a six color running, um, it, it's difficult to have the same consistency as an auto. Um, if you had 50 shirts that were a six color, I know you could do it, um, but just be conscious of the fact that in a way it's a six color with 50 shirts is 300 prints. It's not 50 prints like normal. Like yeah. you're going to be real tired and your consistency <laughs> is going to suffer if you're not careful. Absolutely. Now, but I think once you, everything you said is hundred uh, percent. But I feel like you get a couple of those jobs. It opens up like uh, some different doors. You know what I mean? So that's our, oh, yeah. mindset, uh, our mindset on it. There's a place in, um, in Northern California uh, I think it, it's Lotus Mountain, I think is the name of their shop. Or Lo it might just be Lotus. Anyway, they do like some really awesome craft brew t-shirts. And pretty much their entire niche is just craft breweries. And they'll do like eight color simulated process prints that look gorgeous. And that's kind of their whole job. Like they'll run a few jobs a week and then they stop again because they have enough work. And they don't really want to like grow indefinitely. Yeah. So they get enough work. They do it right, and then they um, chill out. It's a pretty yep. awesome business. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I would say another struggle is just, I mean, it, I knew going in what I signed up for. But, mm -hmm. you know, this time, you know what I mean? We have a small family uh, with two kids and my wife. Um, definitely want to be able to spend more time with the kids and stuff like that. What's eating up your time the most in the business? Is Maybe there's something we could kind of hack. Yeah, man, I, I would say just uh, right now, just the customer service aspect of things, uh, that's uh, time consuming. And how are you handling that? Is that just email or do you have some sort of system? How are you running invoices and stuff? So uh, we've used, we, we got a shop management uh, program, uh, Printavo. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, for us, we feel like it's the right thing. Um, so... We use that, so that makes our communication a lot easier because everything's in one place. Um, just uh, you know, doing research, uh, 
people that's trying to start their brand. They want, you know, just the latest, whatever's hot. They want to know what that is. Sometimes, you know, you got to just do the research. So, yeah, just balancing the time with that and sending out quotes and also also managing the production aspect as well because, you know, we have to print, I have to print the films for my guy and print the mm-hmm. Get it ready, he'll and he'll get the print done. So you're kind of running multiple. You're basically you're you're like three employees. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to the. I mean, it's it's clear in my head that I need to run a business instead of the business uh, running you. The, the the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it takes time to do that. You know, it's not like oh, I don't know, like uh, you know. Uh, that I need to be a manager of the business and a leader of the business. That's clear in my head that that's my role. Mm. But in the beginning, in the beginning, it's you have to kind of do a lot of, you know, the hands-on stuff. And truthfully, even when I, when we get further down the line, I still want to do some of those things. Cause I didn't like coming into the business. I had a business mindset with, with the, uh, the screen printing, I, you know, my, my approach was, well, this is going to be a business. We're going to do it. But I've actually grown to, like, really love screen printing. Like, I actually like printing a lot. So, so I want to have that balance where I still get to do some printing and also, you know, run the business. 